From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Tuesday, February 2nd. I'm Lana Cohen. Last week, the first serious winter weather of the season rolled into California, and the storm was unusually heavy. To lay out just how much precipitation and subsequently destruction the storm brought, here are some numbers. San Luis Obispo County received over 15 inches of rain in some areas. Mammoth Valley was hit with almost 110 inches of snow. Mudslides decimated parts of Salinas and destroyed Highway 1 in Big Sur. In Mendocino County, areas of Brook Trails, Laytonville, and Willets went days without power, and Highway 101 was temporarily closed north of Willets. Now, of course, a second storm is upon us. As I sit at my kitchen table writing this, I can hear heavy drops pattering down on my roof, and a mixture of wind and rain is obscuring the usual view out my window. As we all know, it's not unusual for the rainy season in California to start out relatively, well, unrainy, and then for the state to get hit with a big storm, or a few. However, climate change made this storm more severe than it would have been otherwise. But don't take it from me. Here's Michael Werner, a senior scientist who studies extreme weather events and their relationship to climate change at the Lawrence Berkeley National Lab. This storm has definitely got more water in it because of climate change. According to research from Werner, climate change is driving processes that make winter storms drop more precipitation than has historically been the case in Northern California. With climate change, the big storms definitely get bigger. By how much is a good question. For these atmospheric river kind of storms, the amount of moisture in the atmosphere, which is one of the controlling aspects of how much it rains, is controlled by something called the Clausius-Clapeyron relationship, which is a 19th century empirical relationship discovered when people were trying to optimize steam engines. And what it tells us is that the saturation humidity, you know, how much water would be in the atmosphere if the relative humidity was fully saturated 100%, increases by about 6 or 7% per degree centigrade warming. To break that down a little, according to Werner, when the atmosphere is warmer, it can hold more moisture. Actually, 6 to 7 percent more moisture for every 1 degree Celsius of warming. Our planet is about 1 degree warmer than it was before the Industrial Revolution. So, atmospheric rivers, which are essentially giant rivers in the sky that are made of water vapor and bring precipitation, are holding about 6 to 7 percent more moisture and therefore delivering six to seven percent more rain, snow, hail, or sleet. We know that this storm has more water in it because of the human changes to the composition of the atmosphere through the burning of fossil fuels, coal, oil, and natural gas. And the reason we know that is because we have very clear proof and evidence that the global climate is about one degree warmer centigrade now than it was before the Industrial Revolution. And so the human consumption of these fossil fuels, which added carbon dioxide to the atmosphere, has led to one degree of warming. And since now you invoke this Clausius-Clapeyron thing and say, well, if there's 1% more warming, then there's 6% more moisture in the air, it's clear that the number of these intense storms, simply because of this moisture argument, will increase. Last week's storm had devastating impacts. A wall of mud and debris wiped out communities, and a section of our famed scenic Highway 1 was washed away into the ocean. The effects of these more severe storms are being exacerbated by more intense megafires. Here's Werner again. 
there's a lot of things going at once from a point of view of uh, mudslides and landslides and things. You know, that's exacerbated by fire. And, you know, there's a pretty clear trend in fires in California. Um, and so to the extent that fire frequency increases and that big storm frequency increases, then one could expect more devastating landslides and mudslides. As we were having this conversation last Wednesday, Ian Cole, an NBC Bay Area reporter, tweeted that a mudslide from the river fire was pouring into Salinas, noting that mud, water, and debris flowed down from the river fire burn scar and into homes on River Road in Monterey County. He said that two people were hurt and 50 horses were rescued. These storms have been increasing in severity for years and are going to continue to do so as we keep warming the planet. Marty Ralph, a research scientist who studies meteorology at the University of California Scripps Institute of Oceanography, Center for Western Weather and Water Extremes, has been researching atmospheric rivers and the storms they bring for 20 years. He created a scale to measure their severity. The scale is comparable to that of hurricane categories. It ranks atmospheric rivers from 1 to 5, with 1 being a storm that is mostly beneficial, largely by replenishing the state's water supply, and 5 being a mostly hazardous storm, one that brings enough heavy precipitation to cause mudslides and flooding. The rankings are based on two parameters, the strength of the atmospheric river at a moment in time and how long it lasts. Ralph said that he and his colleagues created this scale because they needed a structure to inform and communicate with the public about atmospheric rivers. So it really came out that, you know, for communication and situational awareness, we needed to distinguish between the sort of run-of-the-mill ARs, which are weak but very beneficial, from the big, nasty ones that are hazardous. In last week's storm, the atmospheric river that hit north of San Francisco only received an atmospheric river ranking of 1, or AR1, on Ralph's scale, bringing mostly beneficial rainfall to the region, soaking soils still parched from the dry season and filling up rivers. Other areas of the state received higher AR rankings. The atmospheric river over the central coast, which stalled for an extended period of time bringing heavy rain, mudslides, and serious damage, was ranked AR3. Atmospheric rivers are immense, extraordinarily powerful, and are going to come at us with more strength in the future. That's why Ralph thought it was so important to create a structure people could use to understand and prepare for the storms atmospheric rivers bring. An atmospheric river is essentially a river in the sky, but it's a river of water vapor pushed along by the wind rather than a river of liquid like we have in the landscape. However, they can transport even more water as vapor than the biggest rivers on earth transport as liquid. For example, an average AR can transport 25 times the Mississippi River's discharge into the Gulf of Mexico, or double the discharge of the Amazon. They're literally the biggest rivers on Earth. It's just that they're vapor in the air. From KZYX News, I'm Lana Cohen. For all our local news with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm.